St. Dominic's Catholic Church in San Francisco presents a homily by Pastor Father Michael Hurley on the Solemnity of the Presentation of the Lord in the Temple, Candlemas, on February 2nd, 2020. Today's Gospel is taken from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 through 32, proclaimed by Deacon Charles McNeil. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate of the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, Simeon took him in his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. Happy Candlemas, everyone. Ooh, that very robust. I know it's not Merry Christmas, <laughs> but it is a celebration of Candlemas, this feast. Always 40 days after Christmas, it's the Feast of Candlemas, and this year it's special because this year it falls on a Sunday when we can all celebrate it on a beautiful day of the Lord. And certainly this year is very interesting and perhaps unique in that this February 2nd, which presentation is always February 2nd, we're in the year 2020, and there's a little numerical anomaly that happens, because it's 0202, no matter what country you're in, whether you put the month of the day first, 0202, 2020. So it's a palindrome, can be read the same forwards or backwards. This hasn't happened in 900 years, since November 11th in the year 1111. 
right? And it won't happen again until December 12th in the year 2121. So a special day, <laughs> a unique day. Maybe you sign a few things today just to have it in memory in that way. Special and unique. The presentation, that moment when Christ the light comes to the temple. I was reviewing this uniqueness uh, with a group uh, yesterday and shared what I just shared with you. And I said, okay, so why is Sunday special again? Just to make sure they were listening. Why is Sunday special? And they didn't disappoint me. They said, because the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I said, okay. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Jesus never says we can't pray for our favorite sports teams and enthusiasms. So it's not inappropriate for me to say, go Niners. <laughs> right? Not inappropriate in every way. But the power of this feast day is found that we hear about this story anyway. Think of it this way. From Jesus' birth until his public ministry 30 years later, we don't know much about Christ. We don't hear many stories, maybe one or two stories. And this is one of them, huh? The Gospels are not simply a kind of list or a chronicle of things that happened to Jesus. They are powerful stories which reveal something about God, something about ourselves, something about salvation that's necessary, necessary for our spiritual life. What about the presentation, this Feast of Candlemas, is essential to our spiritual life? Well, I want to unpack that this morning. I'm going to dig into that. I want to do it in two ways. First of all, a little bit of history to set the historical context of this feast. And secondly, I want to focus in on this character, this person of Simeon, who we hear in the gospel. So history and then Simeon. First off, history. And we have our wonderful RCA group, those who are, are confirmandi, preparing for confirmation as well. This might be a little review. So I thought we'd do the history in as a kind of a little question. All right, you ready? You didn't know you were going to get tested this morning. Answers open to anyone, though. So ask yourself this question in terms of the historical context. What is the most important place for a Jewish person, the most powerful, special place for someone who's Jewish? The temple. Very good. So far, so good. Oh, the choir's in on it, too. I love it. Choir. We can make it a choir versus, <laughs> versus RCI. No, great. The temple, right? And what is the most special place in the temple? What is that place called? The Holy of Holies, boy, boy, very good. The choir's come prepared, I think. <laughs> the Holy of Holies. And what makes the Holy of Holies holy? The Ark of the Covenant, indeed. Now ask yourself this question. That Ark of the Covenant, which is that place of the commandments of Moses' rod, the manna, those, the living presence of God in the midst of his people. Hmm? Where is the Ark? of the covenant when Jesus comes to the temple, or to put more broadly, is the ark in the temple during the lifetime of Jesus? It's not. It's not. In the 6th century BC, the Babylonians came and destroyed the temple, and the ark was lost. And even though the temple is rebuilt and undergoes construction and edification, there is a great absence, a great void and the Holy of Holies. No longer the living presence of God in that ark is there. And this makes sense of that prophecy we hear in the Old Testament. What was the first reading? Who, who was the prophet of the first reading? 
Malachi, right? Actually, Malachi is very easy to find. Sometimes those Old Testament prophets, you don't know where to find them in the Bible. Malachi is the last prophet. So literally go to the last page of the Old Testament and you can find him. And on the last pages of the Old Testament, we hear the prophecy we heard this morning where Malachi says, the days will come, says the Lord, when the Lord whom you seek will come to his temple. That's the promise. If you think about that, that's kind of an unusual promise. The Lord whom you seek will come to his temple? Isn't the Lord already in the temple? It's like if I were to say to you, come to the church and someday Jesus will show up. Right? It's kind of odd. Well, isn't, isn't the Lord here in sacrament to, to visit, to be present to us? Of course. Every Jewish person would know what that's a reference to. The absence of the ark. The lack of that living presence that filled that first temple with the Lord's glory. And so what, would, what do we have here? We have absence, and yet we have promise. We have prophecy. The Lord will come. The day will come. The Lord will once again fill his holy temple. And so with that as history, so far so good on the history, absence, with the expectation of promise, of presence, now we focus in on Simeon. Here's Simeon, and how is he described in the gospel? He's described as a man as righteous and upright, and what is he all about? He's awaiting the consolation of Israel. He's waiting for Christ. He's waiting for, once again, God to fill that sacred space with his presence. Imagine Simeon. Every day, he gets up and what's on his mind? Am I going to see the Christ today? And you might do that for a few days, a week, a month. And I'm sure the disappointment, the frustration, imagine doing something for 80 years of your life and then not happening, and you do it again and again and again and again. That's Simeon. Again and again and again, he comes to the temple. But he's awaiting, he's expecting, he's looking for Christ. So on that providential day when the Holy Family Mary and Joseph come to the temple, no doubt surrounded by hundreds of people. No one knows or recognizes Christ except for one person. And who is that person? Simeon. And why does he see Christ? Because he was looking for him. Because he was looking for him. He was expecting him. He awaited that prophecy of Malachi to come through and having that expectation fulfilled and recognizing Christ, he comes over to the child, takes the baby Jesus in his arms, and then in recognizing Christ and Christ as a light, he is able to bring Christ to others. What does he say? To paraphrase, Lord, you can take me now. <laughs> I've seen it all, right? My eyes have seen your salvation prepared in the sight of everyone. Even though they can't see it, it's prepared. It's right out in the open for all to see. A light to the Gentiles. This is where we get the name Candlemas. The light to the Gentiles. The flame of the candle. And that glory, the Shekinah glory of your people Israel. God once again, Emmanuel in this moment, coming to be with his people, presence once again in his holy temple. What a marvelous example Simeon is for each one of us in our spiritual journey. To be able to, day in and day out, when we get up in the morning, to ask ourselves, where are we going to see Christ? Are we expecting it? 
Are we hoping for it? Are we looking for it? And once we discover that, what do we do with it? Do we shine with that light as Simeon is? It's difficult. And let me say a word. We have our RCI here. Let me say a word to you. You've begun and been welcomed in this journey. Know now that this journey requires even more of a sense of anticipation, a sense of looking for Christ. When you get up in the morning and say, where is Christ leading me? Especially in those places which seem dark, those doubts we might have about the journey, those difficult relationships, our struggles in life with employment, or whatever circumstances life brings at us, where can we see the light of Christ? And like Simeon, who enlightens the Holy Family, he tells something to Mary that about her own child, right? He reveals something to Mary and Joseph they wouldn't have otherwise known. How do we speak that word of encouragement? How do we speak a word of love, a word of truth, challenge perhaps, a word of kindness and generosity, a word that brings the living presence of our God alive in what we do. Forty days ago, we celebrated Christmas, and we know how to celebrate Christmas, right? We have trees and gifts and family gatherings. Today's our opportunity to celebrate Candlemas. I asked someone earlier, are you ready to celebrate Candlemas? You're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What do we do? <laughs> right? Well, in this country, Candlemas kind of faded. There was actually a, a movement to bring another kind of celebration in the United States. I don't know if it's in Poland as well. You know, Groundhog Day? That's the substitute for this day, right? They, they put Groundhog in the place of Christ. I'm not, I'm not kidding. <laughs> this is exactly what it is. So the, the whole scene, light and darkness and whatever, that's all a kind of substitute, a poor substitute. For the Lord. Let's reclaim candlemas. Hmm? Let's celebrate candle. How might you do that? Light a candle. We've got candles. Let me light a candle. Light a candle, perhaps in your home, in that place where you pray, or you work, or you're with family. Light a candle, and at the beginning of that day, we go through this week, ask yourself this question as you begin your day. Do this for the next day. If you do this for this next week, I guarantee you, you're going to find kind of difference in your spiritual life. Ask yourself, where am I expecting to see Christ? Am I anticipating and hoping for, put on those eyes of faith to see Christ in my life? And at the end of the day, you might return to that moment. And to not to ask, where did I see Christ, but where did I enlighten others? Where did that presence of Christ so fill me that I was able to communicate to others. Let our prayer as we celebrate this candlemas be, Lord, help me to see. Lord, help me to be your light. Amen.